Hey, it's great to see you all. Merry Christmas to everybody. And uh, it's so great to see you and worship with you this morning. Uh, all of our guests who are with us, we're so glad you're here. We just extend a welcome to you, uh, especially first-timers. We hope you've already felt welcome. I'm Jeff, and uh, on behalf of our whole church family, we just want to say hi. So we're in the middle of a series that we are walking through this, this uh, whole month. You can see it there called The Colors of Christmas. Shout out to Tanner Holman. Who, uh, who does these great videos to set us up. But uh, today we're talking about the green Christmas. We've looked at blue. We talked about how this, this season can be a blue Christmas for a lot of us and the challenges the season faces, uh, or we face in the season with, uh, gosh, loss and grief, anxiety. Those things are more acute at Christmas time. We looked at red, the color of redemption. This week we're going to look at the color green. I'm curious, how many of you... Um, Still get the, the real Christmas tree. Anybody get the real tree? Wow, not so many, right? How many fake tree? You're all about the fake tree, all right? How many humbug? You don't have a tree. You're not even in. Okay, now I really, that, wow, confession there. Um, so I still go, so we have, we got everybody coming to our house. I mean, our family coming at Christmas time, my mom included, uh, all coming together at our place. So we went hog wild. We went ham on Christmas. This year we've got um artificial tree in the in the living room which is awesome. Busted out of the out of the box, bam, light it up and it's like, man, this is good. I still go get um get a real tree. Uh, I've always done that. I have great memories going, walking the Christmas tree, you know, down the aisles with my dad and all that kind of stuff. And so I always get a real tree. So we have a real tree in the den. But I am watering this thing over and over. Anybody? I mean, like the first few days, it's like, wow, just sucking it up. Continues to do so. Um, because, you know, trees need water, right? And green, of course, kind of represents for all of you. you got this sense of growth, uh, vibrancy, flourishing. Even, you know, there's a lot of images in Scripture around green or growth. And attached to the vine we preached on not too long ago. Fruit-bearing trees. And you can catch the analogy real quick. All of us want to grow. We want to be vibrant. We want to be alive, right? But do you, ever, do you ever think, man, I don't really know how to grow as a person? This is a great time of the year. I always do this in 2018 here at the end of the year. It was a move toward 19. I always stop and consider the year that was. After Christmas, I'm going to get a little space, a little time uh, to really reflect on the past year and then dream as we move toward the year to come. We're so excited about the coming year. Our whole staff is so hyped about where we're heading with the year of the Bible. you hear more about that in the days to come. But, but I look back on the year, and are you like me? Do you look back and say, I, have I really, have I grown a lot? You look back on the seasons of the year through um, winter times and difficult times, dry seasons. Could you say that you're closer to Christ? You've grown spiritually now more than you were a year ago? I hope you can say that. Um, I can say that. I can say that. But do you ever feel like sometimes you get stuck and you don't really know how to grow, maybe? Or maybe you're some who think, I, I think I'm just as good as I'm going to get, like right now. I just can't seem to break through. Well, today we're going to talk about how we can grow in the Lord, the key to growth and vibrancy through every season of life. Today I'm going to talk about the tale of two trees, all right? So we've got one tree, rather vibrant, up here, green and it's happening, looking good, robust. This one, not so much. Okay, he's struggling, dry, scraggly, kind of just dead and dying, right? 
We're going to look at the book of Jeremiah. I want you to turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17. Grab your Bible and uh, turn there. Jeremiah 17. Uh, Jeremiah uses the tale of two trees uh, to represent two types of people. Uh, he's going to use the word those who are cursed, all right, and then those who are blessed, those who are rooted in the things that matter and the trees that are uh, people who are not. Okay, so I want you to turn to Jeremiah 17. Now, you may be wondering, what's this have to do with Christmas? It's got everything to do with Christmas. Jeremiah was a prophet uh, to Israel. Um, and he, he was born right in the same area where Jesus was born. So there's a lot of ties here. Israel, right? Kind of the center of all of redemptive history. And about six miles northeast of Jerusalem is where Jeremiah was born. Christ was born in where? Bethlehem. Good. Uh, about three miles south of Jerusalem. So right in the same area where the shepherds kept watch over their flock by night. Right in the same area. But Jeremiah prophesied during the reign of King Josiah. This was uh, 650 B.C. is when he was born. God called him out as a young man and said, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. Check this out. And you're going to say what I want you to say to not only Israel, Josiah the kings, but you're going to speak to the nations. You're going to build up and tear down. You're going to uh, raise up and throw down. And this is exactly what he did. And throughout his life, I've thought about this a lot as I've looked at Jeremiah this week. Um, he preached for 50 years, not one convert. I mean, it was a failure based on our way that we would measure someone's success in ministry or in life, it seems. He was faithful to God, and that's all that mattered. And he did just that. He preached uh, the coming judgment to Israel and to the people. Because you see, what was happening in Israel, their, their great sin was um, rampant social injustice. And he came after the leaders. Nobody cared about the vulnerable, the most vulnerable in society. Think about this. This was the great sin of the nation. And the judgment that God brought on them was they did not care for the most vulnerable, the widows, orphans, and immigrants. And he came at the leaders and said, nobody cares about this, and God does, and you guys are going down. Right? I mean, who wants that message, right? Who wants some of that? I mean, you just come up. Okay, God's really upset with you all. Uh, judgment's coming, and there's nothing you can do about it, really. All right, let's pray. We're, we're going to close today. All right? I mean, nobody wants to hear that. But that's what they heard over and over again from him. His, his ministry lasted into, watch this, the, the destruction of Jerusalem and then into the exile. He saw it all happen, but he didn't stop preaching his message. So what we see here in chapter 17 is what he was learning about his own life. Chapter 15, he's complaining to God. You know, God has said, man, you're not going to get married. You're not going to have children. You're just going to preach my word. And he remained faithful, and he's complaining. Uh, he is, he's known as the weeping prophet. You may know that because he watched the nation fall and was crushed by ultimately the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar and the crew came in. And then in chapter 17, verse 5 through 10. Listen to the word of God for us today. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man or woman. Cursed is the man or woman who trusts in man, the stuff of man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man, blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, who trusts 
whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out roots, its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for it leaves, uh, it leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now, you catch the analogy, simple analogy. One is in close proximity water. The other one is not. One is flourishing, green and growing, bearing fruit. The other one's not. But check this out. We all know that, that plants need water. Uh, rain is not mentioned in this passage at all. And there's a reason for that. Both of these trees are experiencing drought. Both of them live in one of the most arid, I mean growing up in the most arid places on the planet. Very dry is Israel. In fact, I read this week, they're under a five-year drought right now, and they don't know what to do. The biblical sources of water that we read about are drying up, and they need rain desperately. We think of the Sea of Galilee that runs the Jordan River right into the Sea of uh, the Dead Sea, lowest place on the planet. This is an arid, dry land, and yet one of the trees continues to flourish and grow. This is a great analogy for all of us. You look back on 18, like me, I went through seasons of drought. I mean, I went through some dry seasons, some tough times, and you probably did as well. And I can tell you this, in 2019, I don't know what's going to happen, but I promise you this, you're going to go through dry seasons. You're going to go through some hard times where the heat comes. You're going to be experiencing fear and anxiety, and you're going to walk through some tough times. How can we flourish in this kind of environment? The Bible tells us, first thing I want you to see with the tale of two trees, all right? The tale of two trees, first thing, we can't rely on the rain. You can't rely on the rain. Let me, let me ex explain what I'm talking about here, the analogy. He, he describes the person who's not following God. Here it is again. Look at it in verse 5. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Cursed, okay? Now, this is not God casting a spell, all right? Like he's going to curse us. That's not a la Harry Potter or something. Cursed is simply the consequence of not following the Lord. It's kind of the opposite of light. It's dark. The opposite of being blessed and following God is to be cursed. But what, look at what this passage is all about. It's about where you place your trust. See, here's the thing we talk about a lot in church. Oh, gosh, in life, if you're not a church person, you, you know, faith. We talk about faith, right? I just need more faith. i got to believe. I, 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 believe. I need to believe more. I need to have more faith. Okay, what does that mean? I mean, what does that look like? You see, the whole point of this passage is not belief or unbelief. It's that. But it's the object of your belief, right? I was in Macy's in my one day out of the year that I shot, uh, literally like a week ago. I was in Macy's. I walked in. I saw this at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You might have seen it. Right there, the big Macy's you know, Day Parade, and they're all dancing, doing their thing. It was freezing cold. You see that? Anybody watch that? Oh, you got to watch that. Then you watch the Westminster Dog Show. Amazing. Okay. Anyway, so and then you eat in between and more. But I'm watching this, and you know what their, their deal is? Anybody? Believe. And there's a star. Believe. And because I'm a minister and I over-spiritualize everything and I'm wrecked by that, I go into Macy's and I'm going, believe. And I'm like, where's the manager? Believe in what? What are y'all talking about here? What is this? Well, believe in the stuff? Believe in me? My ability to, to come on, make it rain? Right, Carrie? Am I right? I mean, come on. I'm going to come in. I'm the money maker. Believe in what? Believe this. Oh, believe this is going to make me look good. I'm looking fly. Believe what? What is belief? Believe in what? I'm going to ask somebody. What are we believing in? in? And I think it's all about believe in yourself. Have good thoughts. Be positive. Believe the best, right? That's what we think. 
But it's all about the object of your faith. What does it mean to have faith in something? Jeremiah tells us, the scriptures tell us, place your trust in is what this means. What do you put your trust in? What are you trusting in? He says the cursed one is trusting in man. All right? What does this mean? The man and man stuff, things of man. We reject God. Here's what happens. When you're going to trust in something. You're going to worship something. We all treasure something. We all put our trust in something. If you put your trust in, in man, it means you're not putting your trust in God. It's the only option. If you don't place your trust in God, the only place you're going to run is to man. What does it mean? To man's stuff, to our things. We jettison God, and we run to the practical and to the visible. That's what this means. And we're all prone to do it. My challenge for you today the challenge of Scripture is to place your trust in the things of God. You might know Psalm 20, verse 7, kind of a well-known verse. It says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Anybody know the rest? But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Chariots and horses. That, you know, back in the day, that would have been our thing. We trust in the, in, in the stuff of, of, of man. We trust in, in our money. We trust in our health. We trust in us. We trust in others. We seek the affirmation, confirmation of others. We trust in our job. We trust in our homes. We trust in our stuff. We trust in the world. And so what we do is we, we think this way. I want to grow. In, in, and here's where a lot of people go. In 2019, I'm, I do want to grow. I want to be a better person. You know what we do? I'm a, about January 3rd, a lot of y'all are going to end up in the gym. That's where you're going to be. You know, right? I want to be a better person. I mean, i gotta get in, I got to get healthy. We move to the visible, right, real quick. About the end of January, you're going, it ain't happening. I'm out, right? And so, we're, you know, gyms are freed up again, and then you can go. But, um, but what happens is we turn to the visible. We, we, we run to a, to a job. You know, get to get a new job, the visible, right? I need a promotion, the visible. I need a new Suit, that's what I need. The visible. I need a new haircut. I need hair. You know, the visible. Um, we run to the visible. And we run to what we can see. It's the stuff of man. And, and we, we, we just think, maybe I can make it happen. Students, we run to, to our grades. And that's a good thing. Sorry, parents. That's a great thing. Kill it this next week. Um, knock it out. But we run to those things. And, and what happens is, here's what happens. We rely on others to affirm our growth. If you're trusting in man, then that's where your affirmation is going to come from. Where else would you go? There's no other option. So I'm going to work hard. I'm going to set goals in the coming year. Who's going to see that happen? That's visible. Uh, I, 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 I'm on social media. I, I, I'm living my best life. Who's going who's gonna to like it? Who's going to like me? Who's going to see? Who's going to notice? Who's going to applaud me? We all do this in various forms and ways. It's like watching a cloud. Forming over the horizon, hoping it's going to rain. We long for the rain, but we seek it from others. We seek affirmation. Who's going to applaud me? We can't be affirmed enough, and we're trusting in the things of this world. And that person is always anxious, always fearful, can't get enough. But look at what happens here. Look, he's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in an uninhabited salt land. No good will come. What's this good? Rain. No rain will come. Not the rain you're looking for. That's what the plant needs, right? It's nourishment. It's not coming. So look at what happens. We remain dissatisfied. Not only do we rely on others, when we do, we remain dissatisfied. We can't get enough. We stay small. We look malnourished. We're often you know, looking hope to grow, but it doesn't come. We're constantly relying on our own strength. Are you experiencing that? 
And we constantly think, I'm going to get some chasing after that thing. The irony is we never, never get enough. It's like a drug. We just need more. We're always dissatisfied. And worse, watch this, we end up in, in isolation. Look at what it says. We remain alone. See, he says he's out in an uninhabited land. He's out in the desert. Isolation is always a sign and symptom of someone seeking the approval of others, affirmation and acceptance. Because you can't get enough. And everybody's like, man, I'm out. It just can't, you just, we can't, can't have a relationship with somebody like that. No one, watch this, no one lives in the desert. You know who lives in the desert? Nomads. Nomads live in the desert. What are they doing? They're living nomadic life. What's that mean? They're chasing the rain. They're just trying to find out where it's raining. I'm going to go over here. Maybe it's rain here. What about these people? I'm going to seek it here. Maybe it's here. Maybe I'll find comfort in this, right? We go to a new job. I can't, I can't hold down a job because they didn't. I was underappreciated, underpaid. I, I found a new group of friends. It got too toxic. I couldn't hang with them. We're trying, we enter into another relationship. We think maybe that if I find, you know, if I find some, some, some maybe single women or men, if I can find someone who loves me, then I'll prove that I'm date worthy. Or, or, or you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek it in a relationship. We keep running around like nomads. Nomads live a squiggly, kind of crazy kind of life, right? Some of you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You're not nomadic. You're not running around. It's a life of purpose when you trust in the Lord. Place your trust in him. Find your worth, your value, affirmation in him. And what his word says about you. It's a life of purpose. So look at this. We cannot rely on the rain. This is the ironic twist in this whole story. There's no rain. Can't rely on the rain. But look, secondly, we can rely on the root. We can rely on the root. Look at this. Bless. Now it shifts. We go from the scraggly tree to the flourishing tree. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. Now we move from cursed to blessing. This word blessed is the same word. We have this Greek Septuagint. Maybe you've heard. The Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So you look at you know, words in the Old Testament compared to those in the New. Blessed here, Jeremiah is using the same word that Jesus uses in uh, the Sermon on the Mount which we looked at earlier in the fall. Happy are those. Blessed are those. The blessed life looks like this. He says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Right? A blessed life sends roots, catch this, out by the stream. See, look at this. Near eastern streams were only filled with water during the rainy season. Okay? Some of y'all have seen this. This happens in Texas. You'll be driving along, maybe into Oklahoma. You're like going over a bridge, and you look down and go, there's not even a river down there. Like red. It's like nothing. And this is what happens. In the Near East, you'd see these streams, and, and, and there would only be a dry riverbed. But you'd see trees that are planted. I've been there. Planted along there. And uh, I say, you know, found roots that run down into, uh, you know, the water table, right? There's no water, but there is water below. There's, there's, there's a source of water that is unseen. We got to turn our roots, run the roots to a source of life that is unseen. I'm preaching. Anybody? Come on, help me. I mean, I, this is good stuff. We're, we're, we got we to trust in the source that is unseen. 
So the roots run to the water. But here's what happens. Let's go back. Again, here's what's going to happen. We run to sources. Even our roots run to sources. We're relying on the rain of others. If it doesn't rain, then we kind of give up or get discouraged, anxious, fearful. And our roots run to all kinds of things. Here at Christmas time, uh, maybe it's family. And that's all good. I mean, good things become God things sometimes. We're with family. This is awesome. Got my family here. Bam. Then they're gone again. Or all is right in the world. Believe. Or something. And it's all, we're all happy. Then uh, it's January. Back at it. Right? January comes. I'm setting new goals. I'm getting after it. Look at me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, then, then February comes. Uh, we, we move to romance and relationships. Right? February, then March comes. We say, maybe spring break. I need a trip is what I need. I need a, I need a, I'm, I'm, I'm a fear of missing out. I need to go somewhere. I need to do something great. Post it on Instagram. Let everybody know where I am. And then I'm going to go April. Oh, April comes Easter. I'm going to give me a little Jesus because that's helpful. I'm going to get back to church. I'll come to Easter. Some of y'all I'm going to see Christmas and Easter. No, not y'all. Preaching to the choir. All right. I, can't, I'm, I, I know I am. Because what happened? It's like the guy who showed up at, at church. On, on Easter Sunday, he says, man, they sing the same songs every time I come here. And his wife's like, what are you talking about? He says, it's like silent night and up from the grave he rose every time I come. Okay, anyway, some of y'all didn't get that. Um, but, but what happens is we move on. Then comes, right, March, April, May, June. And then we, that's vacation. We move. That's what, what's going to happen in 19. You're just going to keep running. Your roots are going to keep running to things the next when the reality is the source of your strength, the source of your life, the way that you'll grow through 19, the way that you grow every day is to run to the unseen source. It's God and God alone. that is. Watch this. Look at what happens. If we rely on the root and not the rain, then what happens? Look at this. We do not fear, see it in verse 8, when heat comes for its leaves remain green. And is anxious, is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. See, it's green even through the drought. I love this. You're going to have some, maybe you're going through a rainy season right now. I mean, be honest, right? Some of us are. And we, we need to be honest in the church. We ought to talk about that. We get to church and, how's it going? Praise be to Jesus. I'm wonderful, right? And they like, say, no, my life's horrible right now. Can I talk about that? Yes, you can. It's what our connect groups are all about. We, we share, we're honest, we're open as we enter into relationships. But look at what happens. We do not fear. We do not fear when hard times come. We're not anxious is what it says through difficult seasons. We're nourished by an unseen source. I love that. But look at what else. This is what's amazing. We do not stop bearing fruit. We don't stop bearing fruit. We flourish even through the hard times constantly while, while, while all things are coming at us. Going through hard times. What a difference trust makes. Amen? I mean, how incredible is this? Do you know anybody that, um, that you know that's kind of older uh, and they continue to grow in the Lord? You know what happens? I see so many believers. They get to a certain age or a certain point. They just stop. It's like, and it's like, hey, what's God doing? And you're like, well, you know, back uh, a couple of decades ago, God just really moved in my heart. I'm like, what happened yesterday, today? What's happening in your life today? Are you growing in him? Your roots are not. You know what? I have a, my mom is amazing. I wish y'all, I probably ought to have her preach next week. Um, I probably won't do that. But I, I should have that. My mom continues. She's 80-something. I know how old she is. I'm not going to. She probably listened to this, so I'm not going to say. You told them how old I was. Um, but uh, she's amazing because she's so young in spirit. Part of it's that. 
vibrancy of her life and such, but she continues to grow in the Lord. It's incredible because she's humble. She's always learning, always growing. Are you always growing? Are your roots pursuing the source of life, the only source of life? Or are you running after things that will not satisfy? Which tree are you? There's a really cool um, uh, tree that, that is, grows in South Africa. I've been to South Africa, seen this tree. It's called the shepherd's tree. Okay? The cool thing about the shepherd's tree, I think we have a picture of the shepherd's tree. It, um, it grows to about 30 feet at, at max, but it grows in arid places like this, and it's the only thing green out there. I mean, it's just like, bam. It's like, wow. Check it out. It's called the shepherd's tree. It's also called, how about this, the tree of life. Don't you love that? But here's the thing about the shepherd's tree. It grows about 30 feet. Its roots run 230 plus feet into the ground. 233 feet, they've said. They found it. It runs so far into the ground that when it's not raining at all, it's still drawing from an unseen source. It's still flourishing. It's still green. It's still bearing fruit. There's a shepherd's tree. It's amazing. But you know what? There's a better shepherd. There's a better shepherd's tree. There's, a, there's another tree of life. There's one who has come who said he would give us living water. Christ himself. So we can't rely on the rain. We can rely on the root. But watch this. Here's the challenge. Root yourself in Christ. Uh, this is, this is the, the last challenge I want to bring as we close this. And we're going to have time here this morning to sing together. But watch this. Root yourself in Christ. John 15, 4. You must be rooted in Christ. We've, we looked at this on November 25th, by the way. You can find this online. An entire sermon on what it is to remain in him. How do you stay rooted in Christ? We, we looked at this. Abide in me, Jesus said. And I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We said that abiding is remaining in his love primarily. Coming back to what he's done for you. Who you now are in him. You've got to remain in him. And trusting in the Lord means that you trust in what he has done for you. What he has said about you. Who you are with this new identity that you found in him. So you stay close to the source. See, here's the thing about the trees. They're both in the desert. It's all about proximity to water. Close proximity far away one whose roots run to the life source and others that do not and for those of us who've been relying on the rain friends it is not coming you'll never receive it when you trust in man trust in yourself only when you trust in God have you figured that out yet it should motivate you today to pursue him this week so how do we do that just a few things we seek him in scripture we seek him in scripture. Secondly, we find him in church. And thirdly, we see him in service. We seek him in scripture. We're going to be diving into scripture this next year. We're always into scripture. But we're going to have year of the Bible this coming year. It starts on January 7th. I want every member of our church, every guest, every friend come on January 6th. We're going to be walking through the year of the Bible. We'll tell you more about that. Get in the word. Get in it this week. Get quiet before him. Let your roots run deep to him. And then we find him in church. Join the family, friends. Can I just say it? 
get in the family. This is where it happens. Roots run deep when you do it with others. There's a beautiful picture. Uh, you know what the largest organism is in the world? It's an aspen grove. Beautiful picture of the church. If you've been to Colorado, you've seen the beautiful aspens. Man, this time of the year, well, a little earlier, all yellow. But they are shining. They're doing their part, by the way. Bringing glory to God. But what happens with the aspen grove is it's an all connected. They're all connected to one another. Did you know this? So you'd have a tree over here that, that's, that's out in the sunlight. You got one over here covered up with an evergreen or something. This guy's bringing light to this one over here. And then you got one that's over close by the stream. And he's drawing water, water source. This one's up here in a dry spot. He's bringing water to that one. Friends, that's what the church does. If you're here and you're not a member of this church, you need to join today. I mean, maybe you're family, friends, maybe you're, maybe you're a couple. If one of you is holding the other up, smack him in the face. Okay? I mean, no. Give him a holy headbutt. I mean, something. Bring conviction. Join the fellowship of the church. You're desperate for it. I mean, where do you want to be? Because apart from the church, apart from family of God, you look like this. You can flourish. You can grow. If you commit to his word, if you commit to the church, and then we find him in service, look for opportunities to serve. This year, let it be the year you go on a mission trip or you dive into some of our service opportunities. You walk across the street, serve a neighbor. Let it be this year, this week. We've got lots of trips, South Texas, all around the world. You can join us. Be a part of it. Okay, look at how Jeremiah wraps this up. He gives the reason. Gives the reason we cannot trust in ourselves. You see it here, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. You know, the world says trust your heart, right? Trust in man. Trust your heart. Trust yourself. Trust in others. That's heartbreaking. You know, Travis, uh, I think it was last week, he was dissing on the Hallmark Christmas movies, right? Is anybody in here? I mean, those are awesome. So this week, um, the girls were watching one of them. It's called Christmas Under Wraps. Anybody see this? Candace Cameron is in this one. She's got to make a decision, y'all. She's going to follow her dreams, that residency. She's a doctor. She wants to go to Boston, man. Her parents been pushing her. Her dad's been pushing her. But she goes to Alaska, and this little town needs a doctor for a little while. She meets someone. <laughs> she's got to decide whether she's going to stay there or she's going to go. But here's, here's the deal. The whole thing was built around this, something her mom taught her. It kept showing up throughout the, the whole movie. Not that I was all into it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so she said her mom taught her um, what is, I wrote it down so powerful oh yeah listen to your mind but follow your heart listen to your mind follow your heart Jeremiah would say what the heck follow your heart the heart is deceitful in every way are you kidding me now I get it sorry I got a little hype um <laughs> That was Jeremiah coming out right there. He was a prophetic word. You can't trust your heart, especially a heart that's not been transformed by the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, here's the thing about these two trees up here. You know this because you're already thinking it. 
Both of these trees are dying. Both of them are dying. They've been cut off. This one will die a little later than this one. My tree in my den right now is going to die. It's dying. It's dead. I can, I can feed water. I mean, like, but it, no, it's dead. If you've been born again, you've been grafted in to Christ himself. Watch what happens. Jeremiah. Yeah, again, you're saying, what's this have to do with Christmas? Twice, Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah 33, he offers this. Behold, listen to this. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David, and he, he will execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved. Jeremiah, I mean, I mean, Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. It, the root. He will be called the Lord is our righteousness. Praise be to God. We have all been cursed by sin under the law. Christ has come to become righteousness for us. Listen to what it says in Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. We were cursed. Our sin revealed because we could not live up to God's holy standards. It says that the curse of the law, by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. This holy transaction, friends, this is Christmas. Don't forget that this week. Don't miss it. The holy exchange. Our cursedness for his blessedness, right? Our sin for his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin. He became sin for us. Who knew no sin so that in him, you and I, we might become the righteousness of God in Him. This is the purpose of Christmas. This is what it's all about. So we thought it'd be fun to close our time just praising God, just worshiping Him. Don't, don't be distracted. Let's be rooted, stay focused, draw from the source, and praise Him for how good He is. I just want to lead us in a time of prayer. Would you close your eyes and, and just pray with me? I want you to consider not, not what, what you're having for lunch, not, not what's happening next, but right now, this is a holy moment, friends. You won't experience this again the rest of the week. To be here, having heard the word of God, and now to have a chance to respond to it. What is he asking you to do? Which tree represents your life? Be honest. Scraggly, dying trees, all of us apart from Christ. Have you received Christ? Have you made a decision to trust him with your life? He came. He lived the perfect life for you because you could not. He fulfilled the law. And then he placed himself under the judgment of the Father on the cross. He took on our punishment, our sin. He came sin for us. So that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became what we are. How about this? So we could become what he is. For you. And for me. Receive his grace now. And if you do know the Lord, I hope you've been reminded how much he loves you today. How much he's given his life for you.
Praise Him. Confess to Him. Where are you prone to run? Where have your roots been running? Trust in Him. Decide to do something. Join the fellowship of His church. Praise Him for how good He is. Lord, we love you. We praise you. You're so good to us. We give you our lives. We worship you. In your name we pray. Hey, I want everybody to stand. Would you stand?